0: As we mentioned last time, Armenia fell under complete Sassanid dominance, as Shapu of Persia came out victorious after the Second Roman Sassanid War. Furthermore, during the period of 235 to 284, Rome was going through a period known as the Crisis of the Third Century, following the assassination of Emperor Alexander Severus. During this troublesome time, from 260 to 273, the eastern part of the empire temporarily claimed independence, as Palmyrene Empire. This included Syria, Palestine, and Egypt. When Aurelian became an emperor, he set forth his priority to reunify the empire. He was able to consolidate all those provinces and ascertain his position in the east. In the same time period, Sassanid kings Shapu and his successor Hormizdat died in 272 and 273 respectively, and the next kings, Barham I and then his son Barham II, were considerably weaker rulers. As Rome's position strengthened and Persia weakened, Aurelian thought of attacking Persia. Before organizing the strike, though, he died in 275. It was seven years after that Emperor Carus dared to defeat Barham II of Persia and take over Mesopotamia and the Sassanid capital of Disbon in 283. Barham was not able to show any resistance because he was putting down his son's revolt in the eastern part of his empire. Soon after the Roman offensive, Karus died and Barham quickly reclaimed back the lost territories. By the end of
1: the 3rd century, we can see a considerable weakened Sassanid side and unified Roman side that is ready to strike eastward. Now let's see what is going on in Armenia. After Khosrow II's assassination, by Anak in 252, his son Tertat was taken to Rome and raised there. He became skilled in several languages, Roman law, and military tactics. Similar to Tigran the Great, who 340 years earlier returned to Armenia and drove out the Parthians after spending his youth in Parthian captivity, Tertat returned to Armenia from Rome in 287, expelled Sassanids, and resumed the Arshakuni rule in Armenia as King Third. Dertad had a close relationship with the Roman Emperor Diocletian and received his support <clears throat> while campaigning against Persia. He re-established Vahar Shabbat, today's Echmiatin, as capital city of Armenia. Dertad reclaimed the original Armenian territories back from Bahram II and conquered some Sassanid territories. Bahram II and his son Bahram III were extremely unpopular among the Persian nobility because they lost the supremacy over Armenia.
0: Soon after being crowned, the III died, and in 293, Narseh became the king of Persia, who set himself to rectify his predecessor's mistakes. In 296, he started his campaign against Rome. Narseh invaded Armenia and temporarily displaced Tartat. Diocletian assigned his general Galerius to help Tartar in fighting against Narseh. Narses had already taken Mesopotamia from Rome. After several fights, Narses emerged victorious in northern Syria. Galerius retreated to Antioch where he was humiliated by Diocletian. Finally, in 2898, Galerius, with Thirta's help, invaded Armenia and in the Battle of Satala destroyed Narses' army with his 25,000 fresh troops. The local Armenians helped to encircle Narses' camp. Narses' family was taken hostage, and Tartar regained his ancestral claims and reclaimed his throne. According to Peace of Treaty of Nisibis, signed in 299, Sassanid Persia recognized several provinces east of Tigris, and part of Rome and Armenia remained in semi-independent kingdom. Armenia spanned from near Lake Van in the west all the way to Atropatin in the east.
1: We have arrived at a point where we have to discuss a turning point in Armenian history, the conversion to Christianity. The story of Armenia's conversion to Christianity was preserved in the volume called History of the Armenians, dating back to the 5th century, credited to a historian by the name of Agatangelos, which is a Greek name meaning a good messenger. The manuscript was commissioned by the Arshakuni Royal House to tell the story of Armenia's conversion with the efforts of Gregory
0: the Illuminator during Tartat's reign, as we have mentioned previously, Gregory was son of Anak, who had killed Tartat's father, King Khosrow. Gregory was saved and taken out of Armenia, and spent his youth, influenced by the new Christian teachings, rapidly spra- spreading throughout the region. During that time, he was informed of the crime that his father had committed, and swore to live his life in a way as to be able to wash away the sin of his father. He decided to go and be a servant for Tertat. Tertat was in
1: Rome at the time, growing up and getting educated in the Roman court under the patronage of Emperor Diocletian. Gregory served as a servant and over the years became one of Tertat's confidants. When Tertat returned to Armenia, Gregory came with him. According to the legend, during festivities, Tertat paid tribute to Armenian mother goddess Anaïd. Gregory, who was a Christian, refused to pay tribute. Dertat ordered him to do so, and when Gregory refused, he ordered that Gregory be tortured until he relented. Gregory was unbreakable and quietly endured all the torturing. At this time, people close to Tertat discovered and informed the king that Gregory was the son of the person who had killed his father. Dertat was furious, but did not order the death of Gregory because he had been his close friend and servant for a long time. Instead, he ordered Gregory to be imprisoned in an underground dungeon in a fortress near Artashat, known as Horvira. During
0: this time, a group of 40 Christian nuns, led by two women named Ripsime and Kayane, arrived in Armenia. They had run away from Rome, escaping the persecution of Roman Emperor Diocletian, who had tried to forcibly marry Ripsime. Diocletian had notified Tartat that the nuns were in his kingdom, and Tartat set out to find the nuns. When they discovered in a barn outside the Armenian capital and were brought to the court, Tartat, taken by Haribzimeh's beauty, wanted to marry her too. However, Haribzimeh refused, and in this rage, Tartat ordered all the nuns
1: killed. According to Agatangelos, at this point, God punished Tartat, who got sick, went crazy and started running around as a madman in the hunting grounds of the capital. Agatangelos has preserved the legend which states that the king had actually turned into a wild boar and roamed the forest as a crazed pig. The legend goes on saying that at this time Tertat's sister Khosrovi had a dream in which she was told that only Gregory would be able to cure his brother from his illness. At this time, Gregory had been in the horvirap for 13 years and was presumed to be dead. A guard was sent to release Gregory from the prison and bring him to the king. Gregory came and, according to the legend, put his hand on the king's head and healed him. After this, the king kneeled before Gregory and announced that he was embracing the Christian faith and with him the whole country was
0: converting. After being confirmed as the head bishop, or the Catholicos of the Armenian Church, Gregory, with Tartar's blessing, embarked on a mission to take down the pagan shrines throughout Armenia and erect churches in their place. New priests and servants of the church were appointed, sometimes even from the former pagan priest families. In another legend
1: preserved by Agatangelos, Gregory has a vision in a dream where the Holy Spirit points to a location in the capital city, Vagharshapat where a cathedral should be built. Gregory called the site and later the cathedral Echmyazi, which in Armenian means the only begotten came down from heavens. One thing to be said here is that even though Agatangelos' history is the only account of these events, and for the most part has been taken to be an accurate representation of the Armenia in the late 3rd and 4th centuries, it should be taken with a grain of salt. We should not forget that Agatangelos was a Christian historian and viewed the pagans and their period with a certain distaste, which is clear from the language he uses to describe them and their actions. Also, as to a devout Christian at the time, the legends about Gregory's life and deeds would be an unquestionable truth for Agatangelos, and in his work he presented them as facts which we now can look at and see that. They were legends created to go along with whatever the actual story had been, at times intertwining with the actual storyline so much that
0: the truth and legend are hard to tell apart. This is why, while approaching the story of Armenia's conversion to Christianity, we should not forget to see that other factors might have been at play that convinced Dhartha to embrace the new faith. Christianity's teaching of obeying the master as one would obey the Lord, could be used to keep the masses under control. Also seeing that the spread of Christians in the Roman Empire had caused clashes and revolts all over its territory, Bertat might have realized that it would be simply better to convert himself and prevent schisms within the country by letting Gregory and others preach and slowly divide the country by starting a following. Thirdly, paganism was on the decline and Christianity was on the eve of becoming the religion of the Roman Empire and the most dominant force in the known world. So it would be better, it would be clever, to switch sides and be on the ship that was not going to sink. In the next episode, we will talk about the first
1: century of Christianity in Armenia, the relationship between the church and the state, and everything else shaping the world around Armenia.